0: Thank you, good morning, and thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it very much, the opportunity to be here and talk about uh, a subject that I'm passionate about, and that is uh, immigration. Uh, I, I know better than to get into the details of legislation with this group. So I'm just going to step back and talk a little bit about the economic case, the Republican case, for immigration and, and why we should be a little bit more vocal and a little bit more engaged in the whole topic beyond just how do we feel about the 11 million undocumented. It is so much bigger than that, and we've got to get over that to start solving the problem in a way, um, solving the problem in a Republican way. Uh, for me, this in this time period, it has never been clear what a Republican is and what a Democrat is. It just, there's no blurring of the lines these days. Uh, For me, we're all about growth. We're all about free enterprise. We're all about celebrating success, small businesses, um, entrepreneurship, prosperity, upward mobility, all of the good things that are driven by the private sector and i look at the democrats and they're very clear today clear than they've ever been before social re-engineering uh, transferring wealth class warfare division bigger government higher taxes more regulation it may sound really good to someone but it doesn't work because we've seen it i mean we've seen it in this country we've seen it in so many other countries so because immigration is so linked to the economy, if we are the party of economic growth and prosperity and all the good things that happen with the private sector, we need to be the party of immigration. Because if not, then there is a strategic inconsistency. Um, and that is part of the irony of the politics of this, that. Democrats are considered the party of immigration. And I find that to be so, so ironic. Um, everyone has a point of view about what happened in 2007 with the financial crisis. Uh, AIG, prim- uh, subprime mortgages, uh, cheap money, whatever. The one thing that we don't talk enough about is the impact of demographics on our economy. We had a pretty good run from 1980 to 2007. Just you know, go back and look at the numbers. Sure, we had some points that, of stress, but overall, that was one heck of a period of time for the economy and for prosperity. And it happened in the middle of globalization, so we had some new competitors, and the wall came down, and China came into the into the uh, the, the, the international trade game, and Eastern Europe. And regardless of that, we've had a pretty good ride. A big part of that is because baby boomers were growing, getting into the workforce, um, and then as as they aged, they stopped as many stocks as they did before because they didn't want to take that risk. They stopped buying homes and started selling houses and moving into apartments because now they were empty nesters. And we don't think about that enough. Who is going to replace that dynamic? Who is going to buy the homes and buy the stocks and create the businesses now that baby boomers are entering retirement? So we have a demographic problem, as so many other countries have. And we need to just confront that. Um, Actually, I became involved in immigration under President Bush. Before that, I'm an immigrant myself, but I was a bit of an expat, traveling in different parts of the world with Kellogg. So I was always an immigrant one way or the other. Um, When I went back to Battle Creek, Michigan, um, I realized, boy, there are a lot more Hispanics here than there were. Last time I was here, and I would notice things like, um, and they're playing soccer in the park, which is what they do in Mexico. I mean, it was like it was amazing, and and I didn't pay much attention to it. When I got to the administration, I realized, my goodness, this is a pretty big issue. Um, the problem is we're not we're not really addressing it. The you all know the, the legislation that exists. There's border security. There is what do you do about the 11 million? The most important part. The most important part of immigration reform is what is the new system what is our legal system how are we going to deal with immigration legal immigration and that's the part that we don't talk about enough an economy grows two ways very very simple you either have more workers or those workers are more productive if you can have both, that's pretty darn good. Then you're talking about you know reaching for the stars and maybe growing four percent, four and a half percent. Right now, our working age population is growing at about 0.5 percent. Okay, uh, which means that we're just not adding enough workers into the workforce, and you can't make it up through productivity. It's it's a it's it's demographic arithmetic. Um, And it's not just, we don't have enough engineers, but we need to look at the whole gamut of industries. Uh, We're not the only country that goes through this. Japan has a terrible problem. I was talking to somebody yesterday from the European Union. They don't know what to do because their demographics are awful. But they are going through a period of time where they're just anti-immigration. So, how is Europe going to grow over the next ten years? Nobody really knows. And, and part of their problem, and, and this is why it's, it's so important to uh, to really get into this. Part of Europe's problem is that immigrants go there because they've got these great social benefits, and you know government spending in some places in Europe is fifty percent of of, uh, of the economy. We're still twenty five percent, twenty two percent federal spending. So people go there because they've got great benefits. I would hate to see the day when people come to this country because we've got the Affordable Care Act or because we have some wonderful benefits or we have some wonderful entitlements. That is when we turn the corner. That's, for me, that would be the, you know, that fork in the road when we go the wrong way. And we're getting close. Um, so so we need to have a conservative approach, a Republican approach. Uh, it's happening everywhere in the world, Europe, Japan. Imagine how Japan, well, how are they going to deal with this? Immigration in Japan. And we're talking about, you know, J- Japan is going to reform, they're going to grow. No, they're not going to grow unless they find a way of dealing with their workforce. And um, for them, it's a very foreign concept, the idea of immigration let me just give you some some stats and, and uh, a sense of what why immigration is so key uh, we all agree with engineers and stem and uh, you know high skilled and, and that's that's very easy That's kind of a no-brainer uh, f- for every 100 immigrants that comes to the country we create 40 jobs for American citizens Um, 25% of all startups are done by immigrants. And I'll tell you something, we talk about small business, it's not really small business, it's new business what drives the economy. During this administration, startups are down. So the pipeline of future big businesses is not very robust. Because people are afraid, there is no certainty they feel that this is an anti-business climate. Why would you create a new business? That's, that's a, 50% of all new jobs are created by companies that are less than five years old. So new businesses and, and immigrants are a big driver of that. 50% of all new tech startups, between 95 and 05. 50% done by immigrants. One in every four doctors, uh, one in every three computer scientists, Uh, one in every three software engineers, one in every four PhDs. Uh, You know, there there are a lot of numbers here to suggest that immigrants make a tremendous contribution. Uh, But that's the high-skilled side. It's very easy to agree with that. Uh, But we need to understand that we need immigration throughout the economy. Uh, And I'll give you an example, a very simple anecdote. I was talking to somebody who owns uh, three restaurants the other day. And they said, look, I would like to own eight restaurants, but I can't find enough workers. And if I could find enough workers, I would hire more US citizens because they would have to manage those restaurants. Uh, talking to a farmer, I said, look, if I could find more agricultural workers, I would plant more. And if I could plant more, I'd need to have more distribution centers. And maybe I could even export. And If I have distribution centers, those distribution centers will be managed by US citizens. Um, And that's the part that is just, you all know that the Senate bill was scored by the Congressional Budget Office. And it was, you know, the GDP is going to grow, and the deficit is going to decline. But illegal immigration is going to decline by 25% does that work and you hear people saying let's pass this bill so that we never again have an illegal immigration problem that's not true we're going to continue to have an illegal immigration problem why because quotas in the bureaucracy doesn't facilitate legal immigration agriculture the senate bill has a quota of 112,000 agricultural workers. Talk to people in the world of agriculture. We need about 700,000 or a million per year. Where are farmers going to find the difference between 112, let's say those who are here undocumented illegally, and what they actually need? What are we going to do? You propose that we start importing our food. Should we start talking about that? Um, But we somehow need some kind of a system, some kind of a system, whether it's circular or not, people come in, they work, they go back home, whatever. But we need to confront the idea that we're just not getting enough people to drive our farms, and it's very sad what's going on. Uh, Construction. The Senate bill has a quota of 15,000 construction workers every year. 15,000. We need 15,000 in Miami. Where are we going to get the rest? So we are giving businesses a choice. You hire illegally, you shut down, or you just don't grow. It's just not right. I think we can do a little bit better for our businesses. The irony of this whole thing, and this is where we're getting, you know, we're just getting we're, we're getting played and it's working. The irony is that the reason those quotas are low and the bureaucracy is so high, and if you're in a farming business, it's almost impossible to bring someone in legally, is because unions don't like legal immigration. So somehow, we get put into a corner of xenophobes and we don't like immigrants. and we. When actually we're the ones who want economic growth. Immigration drives economic growth, and the other side really doesn't care about that mm-hmm. stuff. They want, you know, they want the 11 million undocumented because they think they're going to vote Democrat. Um, but uh, but they're not really thinking about the future, the economy, what do we need. Um, Of all the countries around, they're doing it well, by the way. Canada's doing it well. New Zealand's doing it well. Uh, 40% of Canadian immigration is job-related, skills-related. What do we need? In the U.S., I think it's 8%. Why? Because we have a system that goes back 30 or 40 years. We don't have a system that says we need nurses. We need logistics and transportation people. We need people to work agriculture. Now, where do we get them? How many do we need? Let's think strategically about this stuff. We're not doing that. And until we do, we're going to continue uh, to falter from an economic point of view, okay? There's a political side. First of all, it's good policy. Being in in favor of immigration, legal immigration, is good policy. Um, But it's also good policy. The uh, the Republicans lost the Hispanic American vote, we all know that, but what is not talked about enough is that we lost the Asian American vote by a wider margin. That's incredible. That is just, it's unexplainable. And you look across immigrant groups, we're just losing the immigrant vote not because immigrants don't like our policies they do they come here to work and they come here to create something and they come here to do what they couldn't do back home everyone the problem is they perceive that we don't like them that we don't like immigrants you know you remember the polls during the election people were saying well you know immigration among Hispanics is point number 5 in importance. So therefore you don't have to talk about it. We can talk about taxes and our and I think it was Senator Ruby who said so they can they can agree with your tax policy, but I think you, if they think you want to deport their grandmother, they're not going to vote for you. Or if, if you or if they think that you think that you don't want them here, they're not going to vote for you. So I think we're just missing we're we're missing the uh, the, the economic and the strategic part of what immigration can do for our economy. And we're getting played. And we're getting pushed into a corner. And I don't think Republicans are xenophobes. I think we are the party of free trade and come on in with foreign investment and let's grow our economy. So somehow, the gains of perception uh, are being won by the other side because we're just not stepping up with a point of view on this whole subject. Uh, we should be out there in immigrant communities instead of instead of signing up newly arrived immigrants for benefits, And because uh, I've seen this happen in Miami, where you've got folks in there, they, they're, they're behaving like commission salespeople, trying to sign up people for food stamps. And they'll go in and they'll talk to someone. And they'll come back the next day, and they'll call them and have you decided. Um, and um, come on, remember this food stamp program is very good, and it's almost like they're they're pushing this thing and pushing it very hard. I'll tell you, I don't blame the recipients because at the end of the day, they may be a little bit, a little bit uh, afraid the economy It's a bird in the hand. I'll take this thing that they're offering me, and. Um, I'm not going to take a job right now because I may lose it. All this restructuring and downsizing. So I'm going to live in poverty comfortably. I think that's a real crime. I think that's what the other side does to people. We're going to help you, but here's the catch. You're going to live in poverty for the rest of your life. Somehow, that's, that's uh, it's just not, it's not working, and it's not right. We should be in immigrant communities teaching people tutorials on how to open up a new business um, about tax returns and about how to go about planning your career. Um, We need to be teaching immigrants our values because they are learning other values. And the day we start getting immigrants for the wrong reason, we have really lost it. Um, So I'll tell you, if we get this right, um, the 21st century is ours. If we get it wrong, what a shame. Because we've been doing this for 220 years, and we thought we we didn't want the Irish, and we thought we didn't want the Germans, and we thought we we didn't want the Chinese, and look, we go through this every 20 years. But we're probably the only country that has a shot at getting this right, and just China's going to have a problem. A demographic problem. I mentioned Japan, the European Union. There is no one who can do this but the U.S. Um, so my plea to you is: Let's get this right. Let's 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 go above the <clears throat> the political sound bites of amnesty or no amnesty. It's bigger than that. Uh, but again, if we are the party of prosperity and growth in the private sector and giving the economy what it needs, then we need to be the party of immigration. And I will leave that to you as a statement, as a challenge, as a question. Um, why aren't we there? Thank you.
1: US laborers will be brought into the workforce to manage the immigrant workers. That's not going to solve our current unemployment or underemployment employment
0: problems in people outside the workforce. So yeah. why do you think you well, guys, immigration is going to bring voters into the I, did, uh, I always talk about voters. I'm talking about the economy. Uh, but, but I think you mentioned per capita is going to decline. I think you're talking about per capita income. The reason we need immigration is because we have 7.5% unemployment. Uh, And and those examples that I mentioned to you about the agricultural worker, um, about people not having enough workers to be able to hire more (coughs) US citizens, that is real. And you can multiply that by 100,000, by 200,000 demographics. If you go back to 1960, um, a very large (coughs) percentage of the population did not have a high school diploma. So we took jobs like, I'll drive a truck, I will work on the farm, I will will do whatever, but I'm going to feed my family. Uh, Today, the percent of the population that doesn't have a high school diploma is a lot lower. So yes, there are jobs that Americans don't want to do because we've moved, the people who have been here have moved on. So and that's, so there are immigrants who come in to do that work. It's not that we don't have enough, um, e- enough people necessarily, because we do have high unemployment. They're in the wrong place. They're not in the jobs that we need. And I'll tell you now, we don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough truck drivers. We don't have enough construction people. We don't have enough agricultural workers. So you know it's it's a it's a reality, um, and it's always happened. It, it's the rhythm of our economy over the last 220 years. And the thing about your question is, uh, <coughs> it's a good question, and I think you should think about that. You're asking about the validity of immigration, not illegal immigration. And what I'm trying to convince you of is we need to embrace immigration. When we get down to illegal, legal, that's another subject. And, And that we can have a great discussion on. But just take it up a notch and say, do we want immigration or not? And I worry that the perception is that if you're to the right, you don't like immigrants. And I hope that's not the case. Because if it is economically, we are in trouble. And if it is, how can we stand up and say, we are the party of growth and prosperity? But we want to do it on our own. Shut the borders. Just doesn't, doesn't make sense. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, you know, I think everyone in this room under, understands that sometimes good policy I and mean, politics can and, and does get in the way of, of good policy. So I think that you know, while well, you know, I come from a small business family, so I recognize the validity of the facts of what you're saying. But I think that a lot of the people in this room, our constituents, think that you know, immigrant workers are going to cannibalize the job market from jobs that they could do. So I think beyond I, I just, know, just spitting numbers at people, which I mean, for the average you know, average voter, I don't know, the best way. How do you communicate to them that? That, you're, you're, that these immigrants coming in and working is, is not hurting them, because I feel like the perception is that it takes away from them. And I mean, How do you effectively, how do you turn this policy into, into good politics, because I think a lot of our constituents struggle with that.
0: Yeah. The, uh, it's a good question. The, the, the folks who see this the best are uh, people in the business community. They're the ones who are frustrated, because they're the ones who've got to go out and hire someone To work uh, in their hotel, they're the ones who've got to go out and hire someone to work in their R&D center. They've got to hire someone to work in their farm. Um, They need to be a little bit more vocal, you know, because they're they're vocal one-on-one, they're vocal, you know, in a in a private session. But business hasn't stepped up, and they're the ones who need to be saying, you know what, this is good for the economy. Uh, The chamber of commerce. Has known this for a long time, and they're as vocal as they can be. But but we need to have businesses speaking in to their employees about this, you know, on the ground, um, and not just <laughs> spitting out national numbers. But um, I I worry I worry that if we don't if we don't get this right, we just we've lost an amazing opportunity. Yes, sir.
1: I think you you make a really articulate case for immigration and you know for legalized immigration and for the economic thing, but I, I don't think it's easy enough to just say we want to separate that from the people that are here illegally because the Democrats right. will let us. You know we we've tried to pass bills that you know use uh, you know visa lotteries or immigration lottery slots to transfer that to high skill. I mean the debate has become one of you know what do we do with with the people that are here? Is it legalization? Yeah. Is it whatever? But I think that the one thing you didn't you sort of I, when you articulated the principles of free markets that he was for a agree, I think the one thing you did talk about was the rule of law. And I know for my boss and for a lot of members, that's something that they're really concerned
0: about, yeah. and how you protect the integrity of that in this whole... Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, the, that's, that's, the, the, that's important. Um, but we've got to get on with it. Okay, so um, the, the rule of law, you're absolutely right. These folks came over, they crossed the border illegally, By the way, 40% came over on a plane. They overstayed the visas. But um, businesses said, come on in. You know, I mean, the word was out. There are jobs on the other side of the border that aren't getting filled. Businesses will hire you. And somehow, everyone turned their heads. Congress, everybody else. We continue to think that the way to solve illegal immigration is by building a higher wall. We will not solve illegal immigration until we have a system that doesn't require illegal immigration, unless we have a legal system that eliminates the need for illegal immigration. That's just one concept that I would hope that we can grasp. Because without that, if we continue to think that it's about border security, border security, we're not going to fix this problem. On the 11 million illegal, what I would say is, we're not gonna deport 11 million people, and we're not gonna give them a passport. So there's some place in between. And I think legalization is the right way to go. There are a lot of good conservative ideas out there. I've heard of, you know, one, I've heard some some Republicans say, the ultimate punishment will be is you can never be a US citizen. Your kids will be able to be, but you can't. Well, that's, let's talk about that. Uh, there's another one which I've heard some members of Congress talk about, which is, look, we don't have to talk about citizenship. We just because we already have a process for citizenship. It's legalization that we don't have a process for. And a principle we always had is if you're going to apply for citizenship, assuming that you agree that let's just, let's legalize the folks who don't have a criminal background, who haven't, you know, people people who are working, not people who are doing harm to our society. Um, we don't need to specify the process for citizenship. And this is where the president broke that that principle. Because now he's saying 10 years. Well, wait a minute, maybe the line is 30 years long. Maybe the line for a certain country is 50 years long. So we're just saying, if you want to go beyond legalization, get a line. We don't, we don't need to establish a new process for citizenship. So but that's being used very cleverly politically. I, I do think that we've got to get our heads around this. Is another idea that if folks come over and they they apply for legalization, that they will get slapped with a felony because crossing the border is a misdemeanor, but um, but you're using a false social security card is a felony, and have a suspended sentence for ten years. That. I don't know if that's gonna be effective, if that's gonna, you know, call people forward because we want people to come forward because we need to know who's in the country. And the ones who don't come forward, those are the ones we need to go after. You know, I mean it's great to have DHS going after gardeners and going after people who are cleaning hotel rooms, but let's go after the people who are doing harm to our society. So I, I do think we need to get our heads around that and, and have a process where we feel comfortable that it's not amnesty. But but just saying no amnesty no amnesty no amnesty does that mean that we are going to ask 11 million people to get on a plane and leave and leave their kids here I mean would we really do that and that is is that what we want history to remember about the Republican Party I don't think so so we need to solve this we need to you know and I understand the rule of law argument for what we do you know. We, and, and we need to do something. We need to solve the problem. Remember John Kyle, was great, 2006, we were trying to negotiate this, this grand bargain, which, by the way, Harry Reid killed, and um, two, of the, uh, two of the poison pill amendments. The deal between Kennedy and Kyle was, <laughs> if anyone modifies this, it's off. The deal is off. So people who wanted to bring down reform would introduce poison pill amendments. Two of those poison pill amendments were introduced by then Senator Barack Obama, and in the end, it was Harry Reid who called it off because it was getting too close for comfort. My gosh, a Republican president fixing the immigration problem—we can't allow that to happen. So um, I think we just need to uh, we need to go beyond just you know no amnesty and therefore keep the problem as it is, going to keep on getting worse. Okay One last question? Yes, sir. Um I work for a district in Nevada that's about poor Hispanic We've been and Hispanic we have
1: deprecated Hispanic outreach and this we have totally uh Hispanic business leaders, uh partly bigger and bigger. Uh, but we're up against a coalition of about uh, six community organizations, They're they're very adversarial when it comes to the issue of immigration. <laughs>
0: I, I it. That's a great question. Thank you. I I think we should have community organizers ourselves. You know, I mean, it's not a bad idea. We should maybe borrow that. But but we should be going into these communities and talking to people about free enterprise, talking to people about where you can get a good job, talking to people about training, talking to people about taxes, and you know how how this whole model works. Perhaps doing tutorials on this business, uh, but but teaching the the values that the opposite values. I'll tell you, the, what I see with these community organizers is they're, they're signing people up for food stamps. It's amazing. Now they're signing people up for the Affordable Care Act. I mean, they're, they're out there doing stuff. We need to be out there doing stuff that represents an alternative. Because it is, I think it's a real crime these folks come over and not, not just these folks who are undocumented immigrants or legal immigrants, but too many folks are being put on, on government dependence, and they stay there forever. So we need to we need to represent a, an alternative model, but I do think that we need to do our own community organizing and uh, and talk to people about values and talk to people about you know the downside of the Affordable Care Act and, and, and the downside of getting hooked on government dependence. Um, it just, but we know where that leads. Mr. Secretary, we really appreciate Thank your you time sir. here this morning.